0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Working all day in the sun.
0: And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby-Lubitz and happy to have you with us here on the Believe Podcast Networks. And also happy to uh, introduce a very interesting gentleman uh, to the program here and uh, a little bit out of our realm of sports, although he did attend Rutgers University. I don't know if he played ball there, but he certainly played a lot of guitar and a pleasure to welcome to the program Lenny Kaye, who has a new book out called Lightning Striking, 10 Transformational Moments in Rock and Roll. And Lenny, welcome to the show. I'm thinking what, Elvis, British Invasion, Woodstock, are those on the list?
2: They all uh, they, they all self-reveal uh, all, all the great stops. If you were going to have uh, a tour through uh, rock and roll's greatest moments, well, these are the you know the, the golden moments of that transform the music.
0: It's uh, a little bit of background, uh, you know, and, and you obviously you're with Patty Smith, and that that might have been a transformational moment uh, too, uh, <laughs> and. How did you, uh, you know, uh, get involved in, in, in researching this? I know you're uh, also pegged uh, as an archivist in addition, a rock and roll archivist uh, in addition to being uh, a great guitar player and, and of course uh, a member of uh, you know a, a foundational band there.
2: Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know I'm, I'm just, uh, as they like to say, the uh, music. Uh, I'm a fan, I'm a player of it. I'm an obsessive record collector. Um, I'm a person that has the blessing of getting up each morning and uh, thinking about music each day and uh, it's a good place to be uh, I never, I was never really a sports person uh, I, I probably have the height to be a basketball player but I, I didn't have the dribbling skills <laughs> so I had to uh, move into <clears throat> well. And, and you know, I, if, if you guys are uh, kind of sports oriented I, I do believe that Music is kind of like a sport. I mean, it is trying to connect the mind and the body and, uh, you know, and, and do something, you know, perhaps uh, that, that, that touches people. Uh, you know, we all have allegiances to our favorite bands and our favorite teams even though most of my favorite teams are not having a good year. Oh, <laughs> God, oh, oh, Jets. What are you a jet fan? Jets fan? <laughs>
1: jet oh jeez. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah that makes it do? rough. But, well, uh, maybe you... I, I, I just <laughs> I just love music and uh, you know, I spend uh you know, I, I, I like to play it. I've learned how to play it. Uh I play with a performer Patty Smith who uh is to me one of the uh most uh, charismatic humans uh, and righteous art- artists that I know and we've had 50 years together which is uh, you know in the short attention span of music quite quite a, a unique thing.
0: talk with Lenny Kay and he was a foundational member of the Patti Smith band and, and of course uh, is now uh, an author of a couple of books including Lightning Striking, which uh, talks about the ten uh, transformational moments. In rock and roll history. Uh, You know, it's interesting what you said, uh, because I attend a lot of live shows. We have a club down here that's fantastic called the Funky Biscuit in Boca Raton, Florida. And they uh, oh, nice. have uh, just tremendous uh, live uh, acts uh, of all different varieties. It was mostly like a blues club to begin with. In fact, the cut uh, you heard mm-hmm. coming in, if you were able to catch that on the phone, was from a friend of ours, Albert Castiglia, outstanding uh, blues oh, rock yeah. guitarist. And uh, you know, what amazes me uh, as a sports guy is the symmetry. Uh, they'll throw a band together. There's a guy you're probably familiar with named Matt Schofield. Uh, he'll be playing on a Tuesday night, uh-huh. and he'll just throw like three guys together. And the symmetry... Uh, along with, you know, obviously these guys are improvising and the creativity, but if teams could play with the kind of uh, symmetrical performance and and understand each other's role as well as these bands do, they they would go undefeated every year. It's amazing how these guys can just get together and and play like they've been together their entire lives in a very sophisticated fashion at at a high level of uh, international quality music.
2: Well, you know, a band is like a sports team, and and when it's running well, uh, when, you know, everybody is like got the same direction and, and it flows together. Uh, it is definitely like, uh, you know, the sum is greater, you know, than the parts and the moving parts. Uh, uh, and I've been in, in, you know, bands that we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, you know, we're not going to be a contender. And I've also, you know, w- witnessed what happens when, when a band really comes together and, uh,
0: and uh, scores that goal. All right. So, what was the big moment? Uh, you, you've, you've tweaked my curiosity, uh, and, and the things that you outline in the book. I mean, uh, what, what are some of the things that that, that you got into? Uh, what, was I on track there? I mean, uh, obviously Elvis was a huge influence. Uh, uh, British invasion. Elvis, I mean, uh, the Stones I, and, and the I Beatles came of, in. I, uh, it, of, it, I mean, you
2: know, it, it. 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 I just looked at how the music moved from level to level you know you had oh, okay. the, the greatest breakthrough you know then 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 you know I went to New Orleans and uh, and talked about how New Orleans is another route for the birth of rock and roll uh, Philadelphia 1959 when rock and roll became teenage in a certain way through uh, American bandstand and you had teen idols um, Liverpool in 1962 obviously the Beatles. And, and how they took American rock and roll and brought it back to us. San Francisco in 1967, where the music suddenly began to expand, improvise, uh, uh, become art in a certain way. Detroit, 1969, where the MC5 and the Stooges hardened the music and paved the way for the the music that would be punk rock. And, of course, that was the scene I was uh, most privileged to be a part of at CBGB. Take the next step, London, 1974, where the kind of sensibility that's punk in CBGB becomes punk with a capital P through the Sex Pistols. And then I had a real fun chapter, uh, just you know, I call it my metal chapter, Los Angeles hair metal, and uh, and uh, Norwegian black metal. Uh, that was <laughs> enjoyable, and then. You know, I kind of uh, ended it in Seattle in uh, 1991 with Grunge. Uh, Grunge. I mean, th- these are the stepping stones of rock and roll to me. And if I, I was able to tell a narrative history and my view of it uh, through these uh, transformative moments.
0: Sounds great. Sounds, uh, Sounds extremely interesting. interesting. And, uh, you know, a g- great piece of work as uh, all of your work has been first class uh, all throughout the past Uh uh, just curious. I mean, uh, you're going to Rutgers, uh, you, you connect with Patty Smith. Uh, you guys end up having tremendous success. Uh, what was it like when, when you transformed from being uh, like a starving musician to uh, in, having massive amounts of money? Or did that come about?
2: <laughs> well, I wish that was true. I'm still a starving musician. <laughs> we know that feeling. Uh, hey, we're still working. Say? Don't worry about it, kid. I mean, you know. I'm a working musician, you know. With Patty, we've we've never had the kind of uh, mega success that would have put five cars in my driveway, four of which I, yeah. I would never drive. I mean, you know, I'm all about the work, really. If I get up in the morning and 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 start a song and write the song, or uh, or uh, play that guitar, or or just listen to a great record. I'm I'm happy. I, I don't really have any aspirations. I, I never wanted to be a rock star. I'm not a rock star. I'm a rock musician mm. and I'm privileged and happy to be that. I it's it's kind of my blessing uh, and I've never had the the kind of success where it, it became too much, mm. you know. I'm I'm just grateful that I, you know, I like to work and I I feel I feel happy, you know. In, with my level, you know, I'm, I'm able to be a working musician, which is really, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not as simple as one thinks.
0: Uh, very inspirational too. Uh, you know, I get a chance to uh, get to know a lot of these people uh, that perform down here in South Florida, great live music scene and the humility of, of even the most fantastic of performers, uh, never ceases to, uh, you know, uh, not impress me, uh, you know, and you're thinking, yeah, if everybody was like this, uh, life would be uh, just a lot more enjoyable. Hey, uh, best of luck with the book. Uh, Lenny K., Lightning Striking. Thank you so
2: much. Thanks, you glad appreciate. to, you know, say Thank hello you. to everybody in LA for me. Yeah. Oh, and Florida.
1: All right. Thanks, Lenny. Appreciate it.
0: We will, yeah. We definitely will. Yeah, very popular down here. Uh, Lenny K., thanks so much for being with us here on After Hours with Defo and Luby. A little uh, transformation. I-, I was trying to push, like, uh, events, And uh, he was talking movements of eras. Uh, Did I make a fool of myself in that particular uh, uh, phase of the interview there? Because, I mean, it would have been likely to think that the 10 transformational moments uh, in rock and roll history would have been, obviously, you know, including uh, Elvis Presley, right? Coming on the scene, breakthrough kind of stuff, right? Uh, People were appalled. I mean, the guy was gyrating there on the stage and, you know, everybody's like um, paying attention to that, not realizing, man, I mean, the guy put out a lot of good records. I don't know if you were an Elvis fan, Michael. We live well, it's probably a little too him. young for that. I know
1: of him. I mean, he's the king. You
0: know, like, I, Every every kid wanted to be uh, Elvis Presley uh, when I was growing up. I mean, uh, th- this guy uh, was just uh, unbelievable. And, and, man, I mean, well, look, who wouldn't want to be Elvis when he was supposedly actually making it with Ann Market while, while they were filming <laughs> that movie, <laughs> FIFA like, Las Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm going to be heading out there. And yes, uh, part sir. of my activity will be NFL playoffs. OK, as uh, they'll be involved, uh, you know, and this is uh, coming up the, the week after this. So um, the next round of playoff games, uh, which uh, are interesting as you try to explore. Now, it, it does seem to me like the AFC title is being decided by Kansas City and Buffalo in that game, although that may not come to pass. I mean, do you discount completely yes. the Tennessee Titans with the returning Derrick Henry? who's now at a couple of weeks to get himself uh, back in shape, supposedly. I, I don't know. Is he going to be 100%? He doesn't have to be, does he? At 50%, Derrick Henry is, uh, you know, a a dynamite force on that team and makes all the difference in the world because now you now have to have 12 guys in a box. They throw like a rabbi into the box (laughs) to try and stop this guy. And Ryan Tannehill, all of a sudden, now this is a scary thing for people in South Florida like we are, that Ryan Tannehill, have you thought about this? Yes. Is two games away now, and now he was one game away, I guess. What? Uh, a couple of seasons ago, Ryan Tannehill, didn't Tennessee, uh, they they lost uh, to New England in a disgraceful fashion, but wasn't that the AFC title game where yes. New England uh, ended up no, going they, to the Super Bowl?
1: Okay, Tennessee, like, dethroned New England, beat New England, and then when they got to the AFC title game, they got pounded by the Chiefs. Oh or no, okay. yeah, or right. they were beating the Chiefs, and then I think they, the Chiefs the came Chiefs. back, and then the Chiefs... Uh, them and- in
0: other words, we have no idea what we're yeah, talking about on the chronology exactly there, but but anyway, you, you get the picture, and, and Ryan Tannehill, for the uninitiated uh, people that are listening in other parts of the world here besides South Florida, and uh, having covered the Dolphins for many, many years, and, and been around the program and uh, the organization, and you know, we've followed the travails of trying to replace the great one himself, the great Dan Marino, irreplaceable part of what was a very exciting wheel, and we say this all the time, and I can't emphasize this enough. If you're going to be a losing team, be entertaining. At least be a team that has a couple of people on it that have some kind of appeal because there's nothing worse than the emerging indifference that comes with years and years of mediocrity as has afflicted the Miami Dolphins and their endless search for a quarterback who could be the so-called franchise quarterback. And we have that going on right now, and it's going to continue to persist because uh, I I think the general conclusion is, no matter how much of a fan you are, Luby, no matter how much of a shill for the organization you are, that uh, Tua is uh, not, Tua Loa is not somebody that's going to be that dynamic of a quarterback that that he's going to lead you to any level of uh, championship-type caliber play. Now, they said that about Tannehill for uh, all of those years, and here he is on the threshold again.
1: Yeah, he's not me With
0: all the aces in his pocket, they're all in his, uh, you know, his hole cards. All of the aces here, because uh, the Titans have t- uh, potentially two home games. Yes. And they also drew the softest team that's left uh, of the uh, four yes. in the playoffs, and that would be yes. the Cincinnati Bengals, yes. who, uh, you know, I mean, they were somewhat impressive in getting off to the Schneid there. Uh, they dominated playoff the game early, uh, their uh, playoff game, but. Uh, they 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 weakened late, and the Raiders had a, had a chance to win it. not win the game, but uh, tie no, the game at it. the end.
1: They were in it at the end, and that game looked like it was done.
0: It was a blowout for the first half. I mean, all Cincinnati. So uh, they remain uh, suspect, and uh, you, you would have to think that Tennessee has an excellent shot to beat them with Derrick Henry, and, and then Ryan Tannehill is one game away, Luby, from going to That'd the make Super me Bowl. Sick. Something <laughs> that you might have said a thousand times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, if Ryan Tannehill is not the type of quarterback that could take a team to a Super Bowl, Mr. Trent Dilfer-Breath. Yeah,
1: that, that would make me sick to my stomach.
0: It really would. I See, I, I root for the kid. I, you know, he got out of here. That's fine. I didn't begrudge what he did here with the Dolphins. It's not his fault they thought he was going to be a franchise quarterback and they did everything to sabotage his chances, including having the man running for his life, Ben Gazzara time, behind an offensive line that uh, literally had more holes in it, as we like to say, than an O.J. Simpson alibi. Chicago? Yeah, yeah, just happened to fly there. Was in a golf tournament? Yeah, I cut my hand on a glass. Okay, Juice.
2: you got to be kidding me.
0: But anyway, uh, Kansas City and Buffalo seems like it would be the uh, game for the AFC title. I, yes. I think those are the two best teams. Yes. Buffalo looked great last week against New England. I mean, how can you possibly find any fault with what they were doing? And they were hot getting on, uh, going into the playoffs here. Uh, they had that little bit of a slump there. Uh, the startling loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think they lost a the subsequent week. And uh, then they kind of corrected things, and they looked great. They they looked as dynamic as you possibly could, the Buffalo Bills, but now have to travel to Kansas City, where the Chiefs also looked vulnerable to me, Mike Luby-Lubitz, despite the blowout win that they had against a very soft Pittsburgh opponent. Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, well, they they, they weren't even trying, were well, they? Right? I mean, they, they just blew that game off, didn't they? They, were they, they knew it was it for Big Ben. Yeah,
1: they were trying. They just didn't belong. Like the Steelers got in because of a, a lot of machinations. The Dolphins totally shat the bed versus the Titans, so that gave the Steelers a leg up there. Uh, the the Raiders were trying to get the Chargers in, but Brandon Staley said not so fast, my friend, and fought on that one, so that allowed the Steelers to get in. They didn't belong, and that was very clear last week.
0: Chargers would have been far more dangerous than the Steelers were if they were playing in a game. Although I don't know that the uh, lineup would have been the same there had the Chargers made it. So uh, they got a very soft opponent, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And still uh, we were staggering around there for the first uh, quarter and a half. They scored, uh, what, 14 points in the last four minutes of the half and then another 14 in the first six minutes of the third quarter. So uh, explosiveness was there, but against what? And we'll see what they can do against the Buffalo Bills, who uh, seem to be playing some uh, outstanding football in annihilating Bill Belichick. Not an easy thing to do in a playoff game. Who rubs Bill Belichick's uh, face in the dog poop?
1: Nobody.
0: <laughs> not in the postseason. You don't see this guy no, get no, annihilated I mean, like that.
1: They don't lose like that. Like, they are, that's yeah. the, what Belichick's supposed to agree at, is he takes your best player away, and he finds a way to have a defense that keeps his team in it, whether they're good or bad. That did not happen last week. That was wonderful. No.
0: All right, so it brings up the magic question here. Let, let's go through this real quickly here, Libby. Yes, yes. Uh, Cincinnati, Tennessee, I'm assuming that Tennessee is going to prevail in that game. I, I'm almost willing to uh, lay three and a hook. Well, and a tomorrow. I don't have a real strong opinion about it, but I think Tennessee will win.
1: Tomorrow, and tomorrow right here on the Believe Podcast Network, after hours, we Brandon will Lin, be here. speaking to the man on the call for the Tennessee Titans versus Cincinnati Bengals, one oh, and yeah. Eagle will join us tomorrow as he just got things set up. So he'll be heading out there to Tennessee to join his partner, our, one of our friends as well, Charles Davis, for CBS. Yeah, we for discovered this.
0: both we of did, those guys, I think. I don't think we yeah, discovered. And they went on to great heights while we're sitting but here shopping uh, over a podcast, <laughs> hoping uh, how many downloads? So. All right, but, but it, it, it's, a, it's a start. Uh, there's no question. Um, you know, and I don't want to give you all chalk here. I, I just think Tennessee, uh, Cincinnati didn't overwhelm me. Nah, that second half against the Raiders, I thought, was very suspect.
1: I think they're a year away. They're a year uh, two away. I mean, Cincinnati is just. Uh, you know,
0: maybe, maybe yeah. not. Uh, Tennessee uh, was pretty impressive in that game. They needed to win against the Dolphins, uh, who had been playing some decent football, uh, and uh, they made them look like uh, absolute dog meat. Uh, San Fran and Green Bay, I mean, tough to go to Green Bay and win. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, probably, does he win the MVP this year? Or do they give Maybe it to Brady? Brady on yeah, that, I think it's going to be Brady Under though. the Brady retuck rule principle, of- <laughs> which is uh, Brady gets every call.
1: There's a lot of Brady
0: stats Not that it's undeserved, but he has uh, stats. Uh, he he kind of dwarfs uh, Aaron Rodgers in a couple of categories. I, I think he has like a 1,000 more passing yards. Is that possible? Tom Brady this year?
1: Well, I was going to say, I think Brady is like leading in more categories. He actually like, is leading yeah. in, like four of the top like, six or seven passing categories.
0: Correct. And and they had their share of turmoil this year, although so did the Green Bay Packers. But that turmoil was Aaron Rodgers.
1: It was Rodgers. He <laughs> <laughs>
0: was the biggest story. His uh, discontent was the biggest story going into the NFL season. Yes. Nobody cared about COVID-19 or any of the other stuff. All they cared about was Aaron Rodgers so pissed off with Green Bay that he was going to lay down and not play well. And that's what it looked like in week number one. He was curled up in a fetal position uh, in a corner. Uh, he, he looked like Ladanian Tomlinson when he had that helmet on. or Ricky Williams in one of those interviews in the locker room when he didn't take the helmet off when he was with the <laughs> yeah, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. realize that uh, he, he was crippled in, in public yep, because public of speaking. his anxiety. Yep. All we thought was, what kind of nut job keeps his helmet <laughs> on while he's wearing no clothes? <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly.
0: And he's <laughs> doing interviews. Rogers was, I mean, he looked like he could have been on a doorstep in uh, Queens on Sutfin Boulevard, (laughs) laying on a piece of cardboard there as he was a disheveled semblance of uh, his former great self. Uh, Week one, they get creamed by the New Orleans Saints, who didn't go on to have a very distinguished season, the injuries decimating their chances in COVID. And uh, so, uh, you know, they fell apart after that. But the Green Bay Packers were great, uh, consistently the best team in, in football. From that point on. Would you agree with that, Mike Louie Yes,
1: they were. Well, the the last three years, they've been good on both sides of the ball. And it's not just about Rodgers. They have a really good run game. And now they've added Dylan, so it's not just Aaron Jones. So they have the the speed, scat back kind of guy. And they have the big, strong back. And they have a defense to go with it. Like, they just have gotten sort of screwed by weird calls the last two years. And I don't think that happens this year. Like, I'm super chalk except for that Rams-Bucks game. I think the. I don't think the Bucks should have been there last year, and I think they got a lot of breaks that they're not going to get this year. As long as Stafford doesn't Stafford and have four or five stupid throws that you're yeah, like, what the game. hell is yeah. he doing? Which he didn't do last week, or actually two days ago. I, I don't know. I feel like the Rams will win that game, but the rest of the game, to me, screamed chalk. Like, just three out of four chalk right. to me.
0: So you see the Rams going across the country, beating Tampa Bay in Tampa. Green Bay, I think, prevails over San Francisco. San Francisco, uh, also very suspect to me at at this stage of the postseason, going against a team that was on a bye week and is all fresh and ready to go. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're just waiting for the mistake. You talk about Stafford. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with the bum thumb. You're just waiting for the mistake. He's going to sail one high. It's going to go right into the awaiting arms of a defensive back. And uh, all of a sudden, guess what, Luby? The Cowboys are back in the game. There's life in Jerry Jones. They take the electrodes off his head because they have (laughs) to give him shock treatment now. Shock treatment to keep him going at the end of these ballgames. So um, I I don't know. I I, I think uh, you're going to see Green Bay easily over San Francisco. I I don't know about the Rams-Tampa Bay. I I mean, it's disgusting here. I I may as well just gargle with milk of magnesia, the the (laughs) taste of chalk that – why don't I just give you all the favorites? You know what? We're not now. doing our listeners any favors here. Oh, so you're
1: going straight chalk? Oh, yeah, because you think the Bucs may make the Super Bowl. So you're going straight chalk.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, look, is it possible that the Rams uh, play as good of a ball game a- and as well as they did last week? I mean, it destroyed Arizona. That was also a Sunday night game. They now travel across the country to an Eastern time zone. Uh, that's always a detriment if you're taking a look at any gambling trends and are they getting enough points there from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have looked pretty sharp? Uh, you would have to say, Mike Luby-Lubitz, uh, in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, they've lost a lot of talent there. Godwin was uh, a Huge. favorite target yes, of Tom Brady. But Brady, yeah, man, you facture stuff out of nowhere yes. like nobody
1: else. Well, and, the, and uh, the one thing for the Rams, and I think it's something that got lost in the shuffle, like Cam Akers actually had a really good second half last year, and they were really excited about what he was going to do this season. And when he got hurt in the offseason... People sort of were like, yeah, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal. When you are a team that relies heavily on the run, which is what McVay does, even though people don't realize it, and you lose your top back right before the season, it sort of changes things. And that was a big deal. Like, it's not like Cam Maker's stats were amazing, but they used him perfectly to the point where it allowed Stafford to not be Stafford, and yeah. he was great. So I, if they can, and, and the Bucs don't have Fournette, and that's something people don't pay attention. Fournette was great for them in the playoffs last year. Like, he was huge. So not having yeah. him is actually, I think, a big deal that people aren't really talking about.
0: Right. I, I like that you're calling for the upset. I, I, <laughs> I feel need like something a, an that's absolute...
1: an upset. We have too much chalk. It's making me sick. What a, what a <laughs> shank, yeah. Uh,
0: it's like, let's go to Bill Cower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I like the favorite. Yeah, okay. Straight up there, Bill? <laughs> yeah, no okay. points. <laughs> let's go around the horn here. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you're thinking, Boomer, who do you like? Well, I like the chalk in every game. It's so stupid when they put those symbols up there going straight up and all, all four guys on the set pick the chalk.
1: Like no one. Right?
0: Phil Sims. what do you think? Well, I don't think Tampa Bay is going down in this
1: one. Thanks, Phil.
0: We're no better than these schmoes that we, uh, know. you know. I mean, no, those are fine gentlemen, but uh, when uh, it comes to selecting games. Come at on. least the
1: spread is in our hearts. Like, we're using a spread. At least,
0: at least throw the points up there. Make exactly. it somewhat interesting. That's what people are dealing with. That's reality, my friends. Exactly. Not this pie in the sky. Well, I really like the favorite in this game. Uh, You know, I mean, people liked Indianapolis over Jacksonville, too. That's why uh, Vegas, you'll never see the lights go out, my friends. You'll never see the lights go out. They're going out here, though, on this edition of After Hours. Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz. Our thanks very much to Lenny Kay for starting us off with a little rock and roll today on the podcast here on the Believe Podcast Networks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tell your friends about it. Catch us uh, in the early mornings on the East Coast, 7 to 9 a.m. East Coast time. So if you're on the West Coast, you get to sleep in, but uh, we come at you every day with two hours of all kinds of interesting stuff uh, on the ION channel. IONchannel.com is where you find it, or just Google The Defo Show. That's yes, D-E-F-O. And uh, all kinds of fun stuff uh, happening on those programs, including tomorrow's edition of uh, what is known here in town as the Highly Park Trivia Challenge. All right, thanks uh, so much for tuning in and uh, picking us up here on Believe Podcast you, Network. Uh, from Mike Luby-Lubitz, Jeff DeForest saying, you got to believe.
1: Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters, and Justina Testa. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side?
0: Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Highly Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe.